Right, winging it with Painter and Rico. Uh, this week, our special guest is Paul Rich. Welcome, Paul. Evening. Hello, Paul. Long time no see. And you too, yeah. Um, many, many years ago. But um, know your family well. Lost some weight. I've um, known Paul since what you were probably 15 stone at the time I first met you. Yeah, I was like five or six. No, seriously, um, <laughs> known you a long time, both from High Ridge, uh, the neck of the woods there, well known for his local football club, and obviously you've been involved in around that club around the same time as what I have. I mean, to yeah. be fair, when whenever wherever I played football, whatever team I played for, I, I always seemed to end up, end up going back to High Ridge, and the main thing about that was all the characters, good footballers, and you know, people, sort of your sort of people. So you must uh, have some stories about your times at High Ridge. Well, yeah, um, I mean, the thing that ruined my career was uh, all day opening <laughs> in 1989. <laughs> and the fact that you had to walk past a cockerel to get to the pitch. Yeah, that was a big so thing. So yeah. that really just stopped it, really. Yeah, fair play. I mean, I first played with your brother, um, Andy, Andy Rich, I know mean, Ian's the older brother, but I played with Andy at the Towns Talk uh, when I was a young lad, 16, what, 17. What back four that was? Was that, can you remember it? Martin Payne. Yeah. Martin Eve. Yeah. Johnny Carter. Yeah. Steve Connor. Yeah. They, they could have stolen. Remember who's in goal? Chrissy Shepherd. Yeah, we had Gary Kington as well. Yeah. But, yeah, Chrissy Shepherd and a bottle of Natch. In the goal. In the goal. Yeah. <laughs> and that was, a, that was my first time in men's football at Towns Talk. And we had some good players. Fergie played Fergie Dempsey. Yeah. And who was that for? Towns Talk. Towns Talk. Right. Yeah. So um, they used to have a pitch out the back there. And um, well, great time. It, it was a jaunt to the pitch, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, we, we probably well known High Ridge. Uh, <laughs> Paul Brimble, uh, another proper character. We've got to try and get in, I think, one day. But well, that whole family, oh, the Brimble yeah, family, I mean, it's a bit like the Dempsey family, you know. Yeah, they can be seen in charity shops across the West, <laughs> <laughs> looking for new fashion items. <laughs> but, um, talking about your Andy, I, I've said this before, but he played in a game for Debates, and they were playing a game, and the referee pulled him for something. Andy, we call him Titch, and uh, the referee said, right, what's your name? And Titch said, it's Glenn Hoddle. And the referee said, look mate, tell me your name or you're, you're going off. He said, I'm telling you, it's Glenn Hoddle. He said, one last time, if you don't tell me your name, you're going off and it's going to be a fine. He said, it's Glenn Hoddle. If you don't believe me, ask Steve Perryman. <laughs> That's so good. I love that. But then, on the Monday night in the paper, it said Hoddle sent off from the base. <laughs> yeah, classics. He so, um he had a Villa trial pitch. Yeah. And uh, with Wayne Jacobs, another and, good player, Wayne. And uh, it was at Birdham on Sea, and it was in the time of Bjorn Borgen on that, and uh, Titch had a headband on. <laughs> Um, I'd take a penalty of 10 minutes to go and put it over the bar. He's walking back to the centre circle, the manager just got off. <laughs> <laughs> probably got the headband, probably slipped over his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> probably didn't the tongues talk a few nights. Yeah, I mean, when, go, go, go back to the High Ridge days, I mean, it was a, I'll say a fortress, but people, whoever didn't live around that way, they must have dreaded coming there. I mean, 
I, I dreaded going there myself half the time, and I, and I lived there. But um, but like you, we, what we a goal kick away from the pitch, weren't we? Where we lived. Yeah, where we lived. Yeah. And you, you'd go there, and I sometimes if you when you went away from it and then went back, you'd see like twenty five dogs running around the pitch. You'd see screaming parents at their kids, you know, and you think, like me, this isn't a very nice place to come and play football. But, and I think it worked in our favour, you know, from the Irish point of view, didn't it? You know? Away goalie got shot by a pellet, I yeah. think, from, yeah. from the flat. From the flats. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He turned around the post for a <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like I said, there's so many, I've got so many great memories from, from being at High Ridge playing. I managed the Sunday side there, Bemmy Down. And I can remember, I guess we get caught up in, in the mood there a lot of the time. Because I remember... Me and Ricky Chandler took over Bend Me Down Sunday, which obviously played at High Ridge's pitch. And um, one day we were playing, and Andy Brian Brunner went down injured. And we never had no bucket or nothing like that. We just thought no one gets injured. And I just got some of my bag ran over it. And as he put his leg out, I just sprayed links all over, all over his foot. And he just, Brunner just looked at me, made some sort of grunt, and got up and carried on. But, <laughs> Uh, magic sponge, the magic deodorant. But in saying that, it was a community, wasn't it? Oh, it was a community spirit around the, around the club, around the people that lived there and everything. You know, well, away teams didn't used to go; they stayed. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't a, a one point. Thanks for the game, and we're off. They they were still there at nine o'clock. Do you remember the little Scottish referee from Bedminster? Yeah. He used to request Irish, and he'd be the last one there. And that never. <laughs> but it was also the day when Irish went away because they bought a piss bus. <laughs> it was a double decker, purple double decker bus. And you'd have 50 people on it. Can we wait to Shaftesbury or something like that, you know? Who bought that? Well, like they were new Yeah, but honestly, it was out there every Saturday, and you go and go in on the bus, and yeah, the people who didn't have anything to do with the football was the day out, wasn't it? the community with a high ridge purple piss bus. They, they were they, they were in Stokes Croft one night, and there's two tramps outside the pub, and they got all the piss bus and took them back to the high ridge football club. Yeah. And they were there until like half past eleven, and then we were giving them drinks and that. But then they were like, well, "What are we going to do now? We live in Stokes Croft in a doorway." Yeah. I, I got a I got a little story. We uh, got invited to play in a charity do um, over at Irish when we were at Bath, and so me, uh, Pom, Singy, Moggy, and a couple of others come I, over. And, I was probably there, wasn't I? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you must have been Dave. Yeah. And uh, we come over and go in the change room, and there was there was like. Um, takeaway, Chinese takeaway from from the previous night, by all accounts, in the thing, in, in the dressing room. I couldn't have been playing there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're thinking, oh my God, you know, nobody's going to eat that. And then somebody would come in and start eating it. That was probably Paul Lemons and his family, because he's <laughs> yeah. Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that might have been a christening. <laughs> Yeah, and I can remember playing the game, and then after the game, um, it was Fergie. I'm sure it was Fergie. Got uh, Dave Singleton um, on the spoons. Oh yeah, we tap you around. Yeah, and and me and Palms are saying we know what's coming here. Yeah, and and seeing you sit there and oh, just I've seen people being hit with a crash helmet, super cue, <laughs> and they still believe it's the spoon. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, 
But it's missing football and, and life, I think, is missing characters. We and, just and, said that. And community like that. Yeah, it's we missing. said that before on earlier podcasts, haven't we? Yeah. You know, the, the modern game, and even modern football, I don't know if it's, you know, it's the way, this is the way of the world, isn't it? I mean, years ago, you would have, you'd go to football at one o'clock and you'd get them at one, one o'clock yeah. in the afternoon and get them at one o'clock at night. I think now, you you know, they have a, a Ribena after a game. Yeah. And they, don't get me wrong, it's, it's, you know, people are fitter and healthier and, you know, there's the drink and drive culture. You know, it was probably about years ago, and I and I think a lot of things stayed more local then. You know, people did stay local and go out as a gang together. I mean, us like at Bath, didn't we? We knew we all we were all Bristol lads, basically playing at Bath, but we all met together. We we played together, then we drank together, and we stayed together. And I think Irish had that as well. So, so did a lot of other clubs. Do you know what I mean? And they've all, they've all probably got their, um, their stories. Mendip and St Aldens, yeah. they do that now. Yeah. They've they got a, a good culture there, a good good community. But I think, that, again, not saying this, but a lot of the Irish influence, you can see there's people who have gone to those clubs from Irish as well, haven't you? you know, like, Without a doubt, yeah. You know, I mean, I remember PAs went to St Aldens, took over as manager, and he was probably one of the greatest down at Irish, you know, player and character. He was a player and manager. I used to go edge dancing and Pete. You have to have to run at someone's edge, dive in it, and if your feet stayed off the ground, that he was the winner. But he was so light, he was superb. <laughs> Sounds a great game. Might play it on the way. <laughs> I can see Pete doing that. Yeah, it's only little edges. <laughs> What's your sort of favourite memories of? Did you? To be fair, Paul, you, you know, I've got to be honest. If I had to name probably my hundred best footballers, you definitely wouldn't be in it. <laughs> But you did play, didn't you? Dang you, Irish. Yeah. <laughs> and you got me in a charity game once at a Rovers ground. That's right, yeah. Remember that? And uh, Jason yeah. Roberts was marking me. <laughs> and he said, uh, who did you play for? I went, Irish. He went, who, who were they? <laughs> <laughs> and then I think the ball came to me, hit me, and went out for a throw, and then I, no one, mate, no one. <laughs> it's funny, because, like, you know, a lot of the players you, you play with, you know, they go on in... And it's like, who do I speak to the other day from like, uh, Badger? Badger, when he Neil Webb. Yeah. Takes a lovely corner. Uh, Nigel Webb. Nigel Webb. Neil Webb, paper not on the floor. Nigel Webb. He, he bought a bit of professionalism, I think, when he went to Irish, because they sort of kicked on a bit then, didn't they? Mm. I mean, they had that culture at Irish where it was football, not the secondary thing, but you all went, went there, had a game of football, you knew what to win, but if you didn't win, you had a good drink and you enjoyed yourself. But I think when Badger, went there he took a better class of player you know they come from all over Bristol but they still got in that it got into the they mood, still right? got in the mood of what Irish was about you know but they went on and he had a lot of success badge there didn't he and he went on went on to prison that but I can remember I think I played a couple of games or I, put, I think he put me sub badge but I, I I went there and played a cut and I was you know quite impressed seeing how Irish was before when you had like the Badlands running it and people like that to see how Bad sort of took it up to another level and to be fair they went up the leagues quite they did yeah they went, they, that's when they went Gloucester County wasn't it yeah but they still stayed and they still sang they yeah. were still bobbing up and down and yeah all the songs yeah I've got Big Roy and Colinville I mean Colinville on the piano that was a night itself wasn't it oh. Brilliant. He couldn't play a note. No, he just put you know put his fingers over the piano yeah. and everyone sang. Jordan he could have had songs. a lid shot. He would have known. <laughs> but, uh, and you, you mentioned there Roy Vincent. I mean, he sadly passed on a few years ago. But what a great character, Irish. And before him, his dad. Yeah. I mean, um, 
his dad, I mean, I can remember seeing him, again, I think I was playing for Bath, I come back to Irish one night and I seen John, Johnny Vincent, Roy's dad walking back across the pit. And I said, how did it go today, John? He said, lost 8-2. I said, how was it? He went, eight breakaways. <laughs> <laughs> Not a smile. <laughs> <laughs> but proper, proper characters, love them. I, right. I, I, got, I got asked this, Baden, what's his real name? Because oh. I don't know, I've known him as Baden, all my life. Paul Smith. Paul Smith. Paul Smith. And again, proper big character from my yeah, age. Yeah, massive I mean, character, yeah. The stories you can reel off about Baden. I mean, it's like we went there for Bath that time. I think he came in and see me and said, Dave, can you, um, and this is going back 25, 30 years ago, he said, can you collect 50 pence off all the um, all your players? I said, what's that for? Because we were doing a favour, playing for charity. It was all over on a Saturday, Sunday after playing on a Saturday in the charity game. And um, he said, because we've got to pay for a lot of water for the bath and the shower. <laughs> I said, all right. So we all chipped in. And then someone else told me after, chipped in for the water. That's his first three pints. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Mark Ashley got ran down on the centre, didn't he? And he, he, was, he was led on the centre. Yeah. And the ambulance said, ambulance man said, release the pressure. So took his wallet out of his back pocket. <laughs> Well, I've heard some stories about that, and, and you had Rosie, didn't you? And again, Brimble. I mean, they were just um, the the tricks and the things they got up to. You you could literally what a film about it, couldn't you? You could, yeah. I mean, we went to a party out in Felton, Rosie and Brimble, and a little load of well-to-do people. And the guy, everybody's gone. It's just the three of them, and this guy's going to sleep. And they took all his belongings out and put them onto the to the grass outside and arranged it like a house. And then went in. <laughs> Amazing. I played with, with Mike Brimble. He was he was he's he's passed away. He's passed yeah. away. He was great. He probably you know they're all good footballers at Brimble's. I mean I went to school with Nigel, a very good player. I mean Paul was determined in hard working. Pete scored a few goals. He, we'll have to have any talk about it for a couple of days. I don't want that be a nine-hour podcast. Yeah, it would be a nine-hour podcast with Pete. But, <laughs> in uh, Tweed. But Mike was probably the most gifted, wasn't he? Out yeah, of the Mike brothers. Good, yeah. yeah um, I play. I play with him out at Clando. Yeah, uh, good player. He was, yeah, decent, decent, nice bloke as well. I think yeah. Tips played at Clando as well. Yeah. I know he played at Penstrode because he holds the record in the Somerset Senior for goals in the season. Sixty goals in the season. That's good nice. feat. That. About Orion. He was a good centre forward. Yeah. He used to be up front with Steve Bright, if you remember. Yeah, I remember Bright, yeah. Yeah, he wouldn't have won any peewee contest. But... <laughs> it <laughs> says poor Clooney. <laughs> <laughs> well, I put a shirt on for this. <laughs> but yeah, he, 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 he played for years, are you? He, he only ever played for Irish. He did? That was it, yes. That was it. Fair play. From like teens to in his late 30s, I eh? think. I don't have them nowadays, do I? No. Not very often, anyway. One pair of boots. <laughs> <laughs> New laces every year, though. Oh, yeah. Without a pair. What about, about Nelsie? Oh, Nelsie, yeah. Well, Nelsie, again. I mean, I went to Nelsie, and, well, first of all, I think Ricky went to Nelsie, and I was playing for Briz, I think, and I was, Patchy was putting me sub every week. So in the end, I just wanted to play. So I went down Nelsey, and again, we got a lot of the Irish boys down there. And that was probably one of the most enjoyable times, to be fair, because we were like- people like a rat. Oh, yeah, Nicky Gould. Um, we had Wobbly, Stevie Dowling, Shawnee Bridges, 
Bob Sullivan in goal, the Mexican. Yeah. Um, like Paul Emmons. Uh, we had we had some great players down there, Russell crew. Quite a wide variety of nationalities. Yeah. Well. And then we had we had we took a couple of bad footballers with us, Neil Davis, Stuart Hall. They come down, but um, they were all right. Really Stuart Hall's record of being the only footballer who had boots on his elbows. <laughs> But um, we went down there and we had a great time down there. We had some good, good footballers. But what I like about Somerset, rather than the, like the high ridge pitches, you had decent pitches at Somerset level, didn't you? Football, you know, you mm-hmm. travelled out like Chimsbury's and places like that, and they had good football pitches where you can go out and enjoy the game of football. But we had some moments down there as well with the the characters. I remember we had a, a team photo, <laughs> and um, the one, of, one of our lads we called Nicky called the Rat. Um, at the photo and the photographer and this is going in you know the the local press it was went in on the paper and um, he's in the back row unbeknown to the rest of us but he's got his um, old man out with shorts they took the photo and of course after no one said anything about it it's appeared in the Mercury the Western Mercury what Nelsie Mercury whatever it is and there's a picture so they've had loads of complaints about this <laughs> Disgusting man from Nelson, so he's named in shape. And apparently, Nick Gold, the rat, his mum and dad actually live in Nelson. They got the paper, and of course, the, they, they've, they've had to go to our manager, which is Rob Gregory, and they demanded an apology, which he had to put in. Of course, we were banned, they wouldn't even report on our games then for seasons. It ended at Nelson time, and we were a good side, we couldn't get reported on. We had no one watch our matches, report, so it's just our score in the paper. But the funny thing is, the News of the World picked this story up. In the, and it was actually in, they used to have a little segment in News of the World on Wack yeah. World and Wacky World of Football, whatever it was. And there it was, with a little cross <laughs> over the little old man. So Millsy made it into News of the World. And that is a true story. Um, but, um, yeah, I wouldn't do it myself, because I thought that extra large to end, obviously. Uh, yeah, but, um, close, really. yeah, very close, yeah. yeah it like it was a war there. Um, yeah, but great times down there. So yeah, we used to follow you down there, come down and have a drink, and yeah. uh, again the the staying after football culture. Yeah, inherited from Irish. Again, as like yeah. I said earlier, I mean it was a lot of those you know blokes that were in there Irish when it started who went off to play their football at their places. But to be fair, it always seems to end up going back to Irish, doesn't it? You know, I mean it was a legendary <laughs> hut, wasn't it? You know. Um, Sean Bridges, phenomenal in, in defence. Oh, Sean, I mean... Um, Wouldn't pay his subs, though. No, we, uh, Sean, fair play. He, he, I didn't think he actually took up playing football to his late 20s. And to be fair, Sean, he's a bruiser, big centre-half. And if it was ever to be edited, he would edit or kick it away. But when we played Team Bath in the cup final for Nelsie, I mean, honestly, the blue, he just turned one way. And Sean, I think he was in a different pitch. He was... He, he was gone and he, the bloke done this about fighting literally Sean was dizzy he'd come in at half time and he, he was just so flustered he just had me took off because he'd never had a clue it was just a class above what he was used to and uh, yeah he, he was well it didn't finish him but it certainly uh, <laughs> shut him up uh, but, um, yeah so when did going back to the Irish thing when did the because Sometimes you were in the cockerel, yeah? Yeah, well, Hollywood bought the cockerel on the end. Right. And, and then that, that, that went, went, I think that went a bit wrong, didn't it? Yeah. And then they went to get back who, who bought it? Paul Brimble and Pete Brimble. Right, the Brims. But then I think 
bit of politics, I mean, internal politics, I don't know really what happened. They might have had some problem with the brewery and stuff like that, yeah. well. I'm not sure of that. They, but, they went back down the But to be fair, they had a hut, and it literally, to start off with, it was a hut yeah. where he went in, and it got expanded, didn't we it? We were sat drinking soil on the barrels. Yeah, yeah it and was. And yeah, it was just a proper little hut. You'd go in after a game and you'd all gather there, wouldn't you? And then yeah, you'd go in the cockerel as well, then you'd use both. But as the hut sort of expanded, it did get, you know, they, they even got electric in there, then, didn't they? But for the women, <laughs> the wives didn't use them. No, no there's it, no good dressing up meeting the blokes down there, was it? No. I mean, to be fair, there's many a time <laughs> when a wife's turned out with the dinner and fruity in there, aren't they? Well, Russell Crowe's wife turned out with the cases. He went outside to say, no, no, no. And, when he came back in, everybody had his clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> That's a character mind, isn't it? Yeah. Russell. Great yeah. singer. Yeah, and his brother, Paul. He, he sang at my wedding, Russell. Russell, yeah. I went to your wedding. Ten years ago, mate. Ten years. It's mm. been by Emma. I didn't think she liked me, because she only invited me to the wedding, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, funny enough, you went to school with our Matt, and he reckons he bullied you at school. We did, I, yeah. Money, yeah. yeah, and he actually bought a bike when he pinches dinner money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I met her. <laughs> but having said that, another little story on Ridge, our Matt wasn't the best footballer, right? He was quite slow. Top 100? <laughs> no. <laughs> but he is claim to fame is he played in one of those charity games against us, yeah. and he actually scored and chipped Moggy from about 20 yards. Did he? Yeah, and he still now says, I remember that goal scored against Moggy. It was a charity match, it was about 17 or something, you know? But um, he still, to this day, says that's the best goal he scored. It's probably the only goal he scored. When he tells you the story, the chest comes right out as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's a success. Was there, um, this is a rumour, Paul, but something to do with the two Ronnies within the family or something? Yeah, yeah, our our old man used to write a bit from back in the centres, yeah, in the 80s. Tell us a bit about that. Well, he used to, you know, at the start he'd read the news, didn't they? Yeah. They used to write that. Yeah, right. And he used to write for uh, Dave Adam. Yeah. Not a long clock news. Yeah. Stuff like that. Roy Hurd. Roy Hudd came to our house. He was in Panto. Oh no, he wasn't. Yeah, he was. Dave. <laughs> I'll, I'll line him up, Dave. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Wonder you were so bit bruised. <laughs> and uh, he, he came and he had a chat about working at, and he gave tips twenty quid to go out. Yeah. Our tips only like six pound a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's five years ago. Yeah, I think Titch, didn't he finish playing quite early though, didn't he? Really? Bat past two. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't remember him playing too long into his old age. He, he took think, a manager reserves, didn't he? 34, 35, yeah. he was manager. Yeah. He had quite a bit of success with that team, mate. Yeah. He even pack it. But that, he, he wouldn't go in. The away game for, for Irish reserves, he wouldn't go back to the app. You would find the dirtiest side race you could and yeah. make camp. Yeah. And sing. But that's what I can remember a lot of is the, is the sing songs they had at Irish, wasn't it? There's some great songs on there. Yeah, you had to learn them before. <laughs> that's yeah. part of the initiation, really, wasn't it? You had to learn a few songs. I mean, I can remember a few players going, I, I took quite a few of our lads from Bath yeah. down there after a game. And we'd go in there and eat. I mean, Gary Fulbrook, bloody hell. <laughs> Gary, I mean, they were just, 
he, he was so shocked by it. I think he's still shocked to this day. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, we uh, when I first um, went down there, like you said, you you'd say to, you just thought you think it was normal, just a normal little hut you had a beer. But like you say, you say to the you know the girlfriend whatever, meet me down in the hut and chirp at the door, they'd be on their finery, wouldn't they? And they'd say, <laughs> You're taking me out here on Saturday night. You say, well, no, we're going to cockerel after. <laughs> <laughs> but going back, you know, um, I'm going to mention Steve Cole's clan down back in those days. He would always sing. Yeah. You know, his, his party piece was Jack, Jack to a King. Yeah. Oh, Jack yeah. to a King. And, um, you know, must must have been sung every Saturday, you know, after a game. Frankie Dempsey sing. Yeah. yeah. Marion Anza used to sing, didn't he? Yeah. And Unchained Melody. <laughs> Unchained? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, you're talking about the characters, and again, just going back to High Ridge, Fergie, Dell, and stuff. I can remember, and Fergie's dad was a referee. And one particular game, he um, he called over Dell, done a couple of bad fouls, and uh, he, said, <laughs> he said, but he went to book Dell. So he's come over and he's gone, name, this is his son. He went, we name your name. He said, name. <laughs> He's gone, there. He said, how do you spell it? <laughs> uh, I don't know if this is a true story or not, but when they were burying his dad, he was facing the city ground. Is that right? They made, him turn, they made him turn a coffee round. Rumors, yeah. Yeah. They were proper rumours, weren't they? Oh, I, again with Dell, I went to Dell's wedding night, and that was over the Rumors True Blue Club. Was you there? And he had, um, we got there, we had a coach from Ridge again. So we meet down a hut, 50 people crammed into that. No, not the piss bus, it was a proper, was a proper coach, I had rubber on the steps going up. And um, we got on, the, I think we went on the coach, going to True Blue Club, we had three stops on the way <laughs> to his party. And it was his wedding night, and he's got the disco and all that on the, the, the stage there. And um, Froggy Evans, big Froggy Evans, decided to get up and grab the mic. This is a quarter to eight, he's hit the whole disco over. Smashed, you know, proper. He's fell into it. it all the, all the disco equipment. And he was the size of a four foot. Oh, so, a massive froggy. He's not so much now, but he hit all this disco. But of course, the bloke who's doing the disco is devastated. It's all his kit, which is probably worth a few bob. It's literally, it's, you know, damaged. And um, he's saying he wants compensation. He's about to say that to the fifty, and he's like, and all that. And lucky enough, there was a piano. And Colinville come down and played the piano all night. So, Save the day. Um, Save the day. And I think the marriage lasted six or seven weeks. I think she still had cake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, there's always seems to be a story after a story when you mention that, don't there, down, down the hut and Eye Ridge. Yes. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's funny little things that stick in my mind. Like, there's silly little things like, I can remember Ricky's, wife at the time, Rachel, she turned up at High Ridge, with, she used to work for Wills, the yeah. cigarette people, and she had a car and it had all the black and gold of, is it Super King's cigarettes? And I can remember John Garland walking out and he went, that's the biggest packet of fags I've ever seen. It's <laughs> <laughs> well, just a stupid thing and it just sticks with you, doesn't it, years later? But, um, yeah. Characters in it. Characters in So name us some of the players down there that Paul you played alongside of well, played good, the, good players or bad players. Well the best players I played with was when I played cricket. Yeah. Rob Webb. Yeah, he's Tony a goalkeeper. Yeah. Chrissy Rex. Yeah. 
tenor. Because yeah. yeah. I, I played for the Woodpeckers in Belmont. Yeah. I played with Timmy Brent, Sean Lane's yeah, there, and yeah, all good footballers, yeah. but transferred into cricket. Yeah, yeah. I watched you a couple of times at cricket. You went bad at cricket, really. Not too bad. Whittler. Steve Miles. Steve Miles. Yeah. He, he used to work for Mr. Kipling. So our tea consisted of 18 boxes of French fancies. <laughs> that was it. So I was trying to first. I just scored hundreds of thousands in went for him. <laughs> yeah, he, um, Rob Webb, I mean, he's moved away from Bristol now, I mean, but he's he, a he, Halifax, yeah. yeah, he's a good footballer, a good one, good goalkeeper, good steady goalkeeper. He used to train with the Rovers when he was at Mangotsfield, didn't he? Yeah, he was steady, Rob. And Tony he was Tony Dix, full back. I played alongside Tony, I think it was it Briz, I think, with Tony or Mangotsfield, but he's a good lad, Tony. Chrissy Rex still playing for a man of four now, isn't he? <laughs> he, Chris was a good player in his day, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, I, never, I never played, I don't think I played, I'm not played against him in, younger, in my younger days, but I just remember as a manager more than the farm with Minnie Fisher sort of time, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah he was down there. down there for a long time, wasn't he? Yeah. Did he play for anybody else, Chris? He used to run the, didn't he used to run the um, post office post site, didn't he? Because yeah. Jeff mentioned it, but I used to see Chris delivering the, the letters around down Ashton not very long ago, but he's retired now. Um, yeah, he used to, well, I used to run the, um, plumbing and heating machines down in the bottom of Ashton, top of South Liberty Lane. And Rexy was our, our postman. And he'd come in and he'd have a cup of tea and he'd spend, well, he didn't deliver many letters when he was <laughs> in our place. <laughs> and, uh, you know, character. But yeah, loved his football. Good good little footballer as well. Um, and of course there's um, our Charlie. Yeah, Charlie. Charlie He's yeah. just taken over at Ashton Batwa. Yeah. He just bought himself a sheepskin and an XJ6. <laughs> he's going to do well. He reckons, reckons he's going to last two or three games. Yeah. <laughs> Better than you. Yeah, no, I was down there last season. That was hard work down back well, so fair play to him. He was all about ringing you, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got a bit of kit left, at least. <laughs> <laughs> what happened with um, Stuart then? Stuart James down there. He's just up and walked off. You know the story of that? He's gone to Bridgewater, I think, isn't he? What, as manager? No, he's a system manager. Is he? Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, they got they got big plans, haven't they? Um, Bridgewater. Because when I spoke to Stu, probably it probably was in the pandemic when they were playing a few games. He was seen pretty upbeat about back well and taking them on and stuff. And then the next thing I see, he's he's up and off, and I heard you know where. But um, funny enough, I had Charlie with me down at Atwell um, for a few games. He was a good play, good player, Charlie. He probably could still play now. What's how old is he now? He was not 40 yet, but he broke his leg when he was about yeah. 30. He had a couple of games two seasons ago for Mendip yeah. with Richard O'Connor. But I, I, I think the leg went, went right. But after a, if you get a leg break later in life, it is, um, it's your confidence as well. Yeah. I mean, you're thinking, right, you've had your good career or whatever. You know, it's then it's your other things that come in, isn't it? You've you got the young family, haven't you? Yeah, he's yeah. bound to have our disease, isn't he? Because we all got it. Well, he might not go down the road as you lot, though. He's a bit fitter, isn't he? Well, I don't know. It looks yeah. a bit like him when I was 35, though. You taking a bit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's what it was But I got, I got, I got mentioned, Charlie, because obviously I was head of football at Film College, or SGS College as it is now, and, and running the Rovers youth team. And, and Charlie, Charlie played for me. Um, through that, you know, come through the local ranks, come to the trials, and you know, played played a few games for the Rovers youth team. And again, he was a he was a player, and um, yeah, he, he, he good lad. 
and um, yeah, I must say, touch that, I must say though, I was manager. I think it was at Bishop Sutton about seven or eight years ago, and I found out Charlie. He said, "Chuck, he wasn't playing for anyone." I said, "Can you help me out and play?" Because he had in the past, to be fair, help me out. And he said, "No, me, I got to work. I got a young family, whatever. I got to work." I said, "Oh, come on, we'll give you fifty quid, whatever." And he said, oh, "I can't, I got to work." So we went out and lost, you know, as we did, as we did, four or five nil. <laughs> that was just the first half. And then um, I read in the paper on Monday that he played for like, Mended Gate or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, I got a cheers, Char. Thanks for that. But you will see it now as a manager on the other side. I'll tell you, it is like, you know. I think he's looking forward to it. Yeah, don't get me wrong. It is exciting when you take over, isn't yeah. it, as a manager first thing. I think it's hard when you take over and you're managing people who are your friends. That's a different ball. You've got to leave people out or, or tell them what to do. But I think taking over, if you, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong, I've took over clubs and I've been glad that a lot of them were for me friends. British Reserves being one. I took over British Reserves and I just had a load of mates. I knew like your Darren Pauls and your Jeff Hazels, you know, and they played, they were brilliant. You just, you, they didn't have to bond. They were there, you knew what they could do. And it was brilliant. But I think it's hard when you go to a club and you've got to get in. Well, you, and, and you've got to get squad. results now, haven't you? Oh, definitely. You, you can't just settle in like a years ago you have to get results don't you? but I think that's from the lowest level to the higher level although in lower levels sometimes you get a bit longer because it is hard getting another manager especially if there's no money at a club so and even in the Western League I mean some player would go 20 miles out of their way for extra fibre mm. you know and I've had that you know players of mine you know they said oh no I'm going to you know Benet Perez and they say well no we're going to you know someone like Cleveland they're giving me a fibre extra Mm-hmm. And you think, bloody yeah. The time you get there, the time you get back to where you live, you might live it warmly, go right past the prison ground, and they do that for extra fiber. But that's modern game, I suppose. I was running manager. Yeah? Craig Knight, is it? I think. Is it Craig? Yeah, yeah. Craig, he was in battle with me, funny enough. Um, yeah, he was a good lad, Craig. He played for the Free Lions for years, I mean. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking, so if he's taken over the first team there. Well, that'd be good because he's got a bit of a history with music and stuff. So he, he get his... Uh, <laughs> and he's got his own piano. Yeah, he's he got a piano, but I know he got all the, um, the disco equipment, so um, maybe next Saturday, Paul. D-I-S-C-O. <laughs> so. Sometimes mention, you know, you mentioned about Charlie going into management and, and Craig taking over. Um, sometimes when you go in, I went to Truebridge and... Um, didn't really know the club and the players and so I've gone and tried to stamp what I wanted on it and it backfired you know they, the, the, the club didn't want it the players didn't want it they were happy with doing what they wanted to do mm. and um, I'm not saying there was any corruption involved but the club went bust they sold their ground and went bust sort of 18 months later you know um, but you know sometimes it works when you know your players and other times it don't but it's part of life yeah. it's like data as well if you've got a budget to attract players as well it's, it always, it's easier, always easier then yeah but if you've got nothing you've got to rely on selling the actual club to or the standard of football haven't you you know I mean that's what a few clubs I've been at like Bishop Sutton and back with you know both times I've mentioned it before both times I've gone there the whole club players manager kit man everyone's gone yeah. And you've got to try and build and start again, but you haven't got months to do that. You you get a call in July the tenth, and your first friend is July the seventeenth. You're starting August the second, and you're trying to get players up and running in a team. 
So sometimes all you want to do is be competitive. Do you know what I mean? And like sometimes I would be happy coming away with a two-win loss. I think we were in that. We, if it would have went our way, but when it happens for six or seven weeks on the trot, you know, it, it is our because the players you bought in, they're thinking, oh God, do I mean a mistake coming in with him? You know, I mean they're looking to go other places where they're on a bit of success. So I wish Charlie all the best because I I thought back we were getting a little bit because they have, they've been through some bad times. And I thought that Stu, James, Trigger was getting them back on the right track. They were getting the top end of the table. So, I, I you know, I got, because I lived in Backwell, so I, I do look for the resort. So, I honestly, he, you know, he gets some good players in. They get an advert on Facebook today for a physio. Yeah. yeah. But that's and the Dave thing. Dave Beer has applied for it. Oh, God, Dave Beer. He was our, he was our physio down at Nelsey. Yeah. And Stuart, who we mentioned earlier, got injured. And I was on the bench, sat on the bench. I think I might have been manager at the time. And uh, I said, Stuart's down. And Dave looked up, roaring his fag from the bench. He went, he's shamming. He went back on. Stuart broke his leg. <laughs> he elbowed himself. Again, with Dave Beer, he was our physio at Nelson. We were in that final, I talked about Sean when he, he got run round in circles and had to come off. Um, we were having like pre-match rubs and he got around about three people a day and he went, that's it now, I'm knackered. <laughs> you get up, it's a final, you get, you get, you know, you're our physio, he done about three blokes for you, so that's it, that's enough for me. So, um, yeah, a lot of commitment. He used to do the same with the elephant, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Uh, anything else, Paul, that you, um, springs to mind in your times? Times out. Your, your great career at playing. How many times have you played? Oh, I played quite a bit. Did like, you? Yeah, because I played... I, I had a renaissance. Yeah? Yeah. It's a big word. Yeah, it is. I just read my side. Shane Dockery took over the Irish fourth team. Fourth team? Yeah. It's a great standard. Our fullback was in a wheelchair. Did you have to put jumpers down for the goals? <laughs> Our fullback was in a wheelchair. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I played for them for a couple of seasons. Bernie was manager as well. Dave Bernstein. Dave Bernstein. I think a very underrated player, Bernie. Mm. No, I made that up. Yeah. <laughs> Top 100? <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> but, he, but he was there every week, wasn't he? He was. He was a good player. I, I mean, Bernie used to play for me on a Sunday. And, you know, the story goes, I said to him one week, um, have you got your boots burned? He said, yeah, definitely he's keen as mustard. I said, can you give them to me a lot for it? He forgot his. <laughs> And uh, it didn't take very, didn't take very well to that. But yeah, I remember on a, a windy day at Muller Road, he's put me on. He went, "You better do something." All right, all right. And he used to get really annoyed, didn't he? And um, the, the balls come to me in, 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 just inside their half, and I've hoofed it, maybe left foot, just walked it. And in the wind, it's gone right, just went in the corner, and now I went, "Is that enough?" <laughs> <laughs> Lost eight <deep> one. <laughs> Yeah, I played for you. I played for you when you was captain. What? Where? Cockerel darts. Oh, the darts. Yeah, <laughs> you were built for a darts. So I got to be honest. I was built for sandwiches. The cockerel darts team. I was hopeless at darts, but I was captain. You was good captain, wasn't you? Yeah, I was, she was the only captain. one who could write. <laughs> and that was numbers. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, what year was that? Was in the late 80s, wasn't it? Late 80s, yeah. We had a good team there, didn't we? We had Curly Print, man. Yeah, we did, yeah. We had Jockey Wilson, didn't we? Jockey Boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> no, we 
that's a good, that's a good footballer, isn't that team, really? Yeah. The Flickers? Yeah. Or Steve? Or Steve. Top 100? No. <laughs> no. Well, give me top 100. <laughs> I can assure you, Paul, you're <laughs> definitely, definitely not in it. Me and Tony, right? He keeps, that here. He keeps hinting, but... <laughs> me and Tony, we're sat here, we know who's number one now, don't we? <laughs> Right, I think that brings it to the to a close. Nice having you in, Paul. Going back through the memories, it's certainly a lot of good memories for me, mate. Uh, I know we could talk all day about a lot of the characters, but we will be getting other people in to talk about their times. As yeah. one PA's comes in, asking about the edges. Yeah, we uh, will. Yeah, <laughs> but we, like you said, Pete, great character. We both played with Pete for years, and obviously, again, I grew up with Pete, and he was a bit of an idol to me because he was a. A he's great a, footballer. A, a, he's a, up for yeah. Harry Bamford this year. Yeah, he is. Yeah, well deserved. He's yeah, he's put. He's done his uh, work in the lower leagues. Yeah. You know the non-league uh, amateur football. So fair play to him. He got my vote anyway. So anyway, nice to see you, Paul. Yeah. Thanks, boys. Winging it with Painter and Rico. Thanks, Paul Rich, for coming in. Much appreciated. Great to reminisce about about local what I call grassroots football, and um, that's what this podcast yeah. is all about. Thanks very much indeed. Cheers.